Money Sense is brought to you by the Ellenbecker Investment Group, three-time recipient of the Better Business Bureau's Torch Award for Business Ethics and Integrity. The Ellenbecker Investment Group is the only Wisconsin investment company to receive this prestigious award more than once by providing exceptional planning and extraordinary service each and every day. Go to ellenbecker.com. Listen to Money Sun Saturdays at 2 p.m. and Sundays at noon. Karen Ellenbecker, founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. The Ellenbecker Investment Group is located in Pewaukee, just east of Highway 164 Capitol Drive. We're in that great big beautiful town bank building. We're also in the village of Whitefish Bay in the Equitable Bank building, directly across from Winkies. We're now able to service our clients in Bonita Springs, Florida, and you can visit ellenbecker.com for more details. My guest today is one of my most favorite people. It's my daughter, Julie. And several years ago, Julie took over as the president of Ellen Becker Investment Group. And if you've been looking at our billboards, you know that one of the things that we've really been focusing a lot on is legacy planning. And so when I think about legacy planning, very often we think about the amount of money that we would be passing down to our beneficiaries. But really at Ellen Becker Investment Group, we have a much broader look at what legacy planning planning is. And I always think that if I'm going to talk about legacy planning, I really should talk about how I do it myself. And so I thought today one of the things that we really haven't done is we really haven't talked to Julie about our legacy planning and what she sees as the president of Ellen Becker Investment Group, some of the things that have changed in the last few years and what our vision is. And I know when I think about my own life expectancy, if I would die, if I would be in a car accident, I know that it's really important to my employees and to my clients to know that we have a legacy at Ellen Becker Investment Group. And we try to create a legacy for each one of our clients in terms of what's really important to them. And so, Julie, it's been how many years now since you stepped into those shoes? Well, it's been quite a few years. I think we're approaching five years. Five years. And in five years, you and I have had the opportunity to look at a a whole variety of different things and how we want to grow and the things that we want to do for Ellen Becker Investment Group employees and our clients and also our community. And I thought today would be a great way just we're getting close to celebrating almost our 30th year on WISN Money Sense and the education process and I think so many of the things that have come in play in these last five years were things that we worked on for so many years and you actually brought to fruition and maybe we can talk about some of the different things and some of the plans that you have for Ellen Becker and how you and I have planned together, and how we hope to bring that same consistency again to our clients and to our community. Welcome to the show, Julie. Thank you. It's good to be here. <laughs> I didn't know if we were jumping into a quick break or if we were going to just jump right into the content today. Well, I think, you know, just to start out by, it's been five years, and what has that felt like to you to um, run the company and to be making some of the changes that you've made? Well, when we go back to when we started Ellen Becker Investment Group in 1996, there were only three of us. Right. And so we've, you know, really grown this company together over the years and enjoyed making changes as not only our clients have um, recognized the need for them, but as we've developed and, and grown. But specifically over the last several years, as we've 
been working together in, in our own little areas of expertise, we've really grown the company quite substantially, but not necessarily from an asset perspective or from a client perspective, but really from a holistic perspective. And looking at everything together um, during this growth process has been great. I know that the times are changing, and we look at all the technology, which I am so happy that you stepped into that place <laughs> and started looking at the differences and things that can be done. The As I'm aging out, which, um, you know, as with my clients and myself, and you're young and looking at all the different types of scenarios and people that we can serve, you've really made a, a You've taken a great effort in helping people to really have a proper perspective on their investments and to be able to help us as a team to educate our clients. Yeah, I mean, that's obviously been the goal is to make sure that our clients feel educated and convicted and making their decisions. When you're talking a little bit about legacy and trying to determine what that means for each person is really a challenge as an advisor because legacy is very different. Whether you're 20 years old or you're 90 years old, you still want to leave a legacy, and it's important to know what that is. We talk about our family, you know, and the legacy we want to leave to our children and grandchildren, but then helping our clients to understand what's really important to them, not only with developing their current investment plan, but what other types of things are important for them to pass down to the next generation. Let's take a break, and when we come back, let's talk a little bit more about the types of things that sort of get in the way of our clients and prospects and people out in the community in making a decision to move forward. Okay. And with that, we'll be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker, founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. My guest today is my daughter, Julie Ellenbecker, who is the president of the Ellenbecker Investment Group. And, you know, Julie, we earlier we were talking about our own legacy planning with Ellenbecker Investment Group because we do know that it's important to our employees, it's important to our clients to know that if something happens to me or something happens to you, that there's a plan in place. And one of the things that I believe is important is that it's not just important for a company if you start to look at your own your own business your own life that's your business that's your legacy that's what you're going to retire on and it's also important to have a plan when you're talking about your own personal situation can you talk a little bit about how we try to really help our clients see that importance and facilitate that they really have a grasp on what a legacy means maybe a little bit further beyond just the financial legacy that they have. Sure. I think it's really important for everybody to understand that they're going to leave a legacy. And that legacy is something that they can really craft and mold and enhance while they're alive. Uh, And it's something that they can work really closely with their family to make sure that not only their assets pass the way that they want them to, because so many people, so many times people think we're talking about just finances. So it's not necessarily only how assets pass, but it's also how do you pass on your family's core values? 
and you, the culture that you want your family to maintain generation to generation, the recipes, and maybe even the family cottage or or something like that. There's so many things that are going to pass down from generation to generation, and you want it to be uh, the way that you've designed it and the way that it's really important to you. I just saw, uh, I don't know if it was you know on Facebook or something recently, but it, it had said, uh, close your eyes and look in the mirror or face a mirror, close your eyes, think about who you would want one of your children to marry or think about and then open them up. And if the person you're looking at in the mirror is not the person you would want to add to your family, then change. And I think it's important for all of us to understand that we're going to leave a legacy. And if we look at where we are today, if it's not the legacy we're most comfortable leaving, change it. You know, get and, and we sit down with our clients all the time and talk about finances, of course, and financial planning. But most of our meetings focus around so many other really important components of your legacy and your financial legacy. And you've really modeled that, not only for me as being your daughter, but also as uh, your employee and subsequently all the employees here. You've done a good job modeling how to make sure that the legacy you're going to pass on is the legacy that you want to pass on. We talk a lot about how to do that for our clients. Most of the time I think clients come in here and think that they're going to end up with a financial plan. And I think they walk out with a life plan. Mm -hmm. And uh, most of them are very pleasantly surprised with all the things that we help them understand or the things that we bring to light that they don't even know they need to know those questions. I know. You've surprised me on several occasions when we have been doing a seminar together and you say something that I did that impacted you. And one of the things was when one Christmas when you gave me the gift of balancing my checkbook and writing checks. Yeah, that gift lasted a long time, remember? It did. <laughs> it did. And you had said that you didn't realize how much I gave to charity yeah. because I kept it very quiet. And those are the things that we really do help our clients to explore so that if they do have that I always say a gift isn't a gift until it's given away. If they are doing that, that they share it with their children and let their children know the importance of what that means. And that's why family meetings are so important. And I think sometimes that sounds scary to people because they think it's going to be airing out all of their financial information on a kitchen table and all of a sudden, you know, they'll have to sleep with one eye open. And, of course, (laughs) that's definitely not what it is when we talk about a family meeting. A family meeting is that opportunity to say, Uh, philanthropy is very important to me. And that year when I did balance your checkbook for the first time, and of course I was in high school and wanted to give you that as a gift because I knew it was a stressor, um, it was was very eye-opening to me because I knew that you always, you know, wanted to give to organizations and that philanthropy was important. But I really had no idea how often and to what organizations you gave to and how much. And so when you do have an opportunity to share with your children or grandchildren, about your goals around whether it's charitable giving or whether it's cooking and passing recipes down or, you know, there's so many things that people do that they don't put on paper. One of my, our coworkers here was just telling me that her mom was making a signature dish with her the other day on a weekend and she started recording it because she wanted to be able to share what, um, what recipes, what went into it. 
because her mom just made this signature dish every year for holidays. Well, it reminds me of me trying to recreate your your strawberry jello a few weeks ago <laughs> uh, with with the grandkids, and it didn't turn out anything like your strawberry jello turn turns out like. And so how important it is to write that down and to share those types of things. The money is the money. And in many cases, our listeners and our guests uh, and our clients can't really change that. You know, I mean, if you're in the accumulation phase, there's certainly things you can do to change it. But as you get closer to retirement, you have what you have. And we want to help you figure out how to transition that and pass it down to the next generation and all of the important things around financial planning. But the really important stuff, the recipes and the goals around giving and the family's core values, that you have to write down. You have to share that with your kids. And, you know, you started us as a firm doing family meetings for clients many, many years ago where we invite you to bring your kids in and we meet you where you are. And we create these meetings that are going to uh, meet your goals, whether it's talking about the money or talking about charitable giving or talking about recipes or whatever it is. Um, It's a good place to start and start having those conversations. Another thing that you said, um, I always would say that if you go to that, if you think about close your eyes with that last meeting or is going to be the first meeting after your death, and you kind of wonder, are people going to be fighting? Are they going to be arguing? And I would always say things like, you don't want someone to feel like they're a turtle on their back and not knowing who to trust. And at one of those meetings, you said, one of the legacies that you leave are the people that your children will work with on your estate, your accountants, your attorneys. Can you talk a little bit about the importance of the team? Yeah, and the the meeting that you're talking about is the meeting that I think about quite often. I ask myself, if I died tomorrow, uh, what would that first meeting without me be like? Um, of course, I'm sort of the organizer and the bossy one in the family, so I think it'd be a little chaotic. Uh, however, you know, are they going to know where my contact information is? Are people going to know who my partners are? Are they going to know who my doctors are? Are they going to know who to call? Um, and it's and not only that, will they know, you know, what organizations, charitable organizations are important to me? Will they know um, what what traditions are important for me to pass down? Those are all things that I think each one of our listeners could ask themselves. If, if today was my last day, what how would my family be after I'm gone? Would they know where my passwords are? And so one of the things that we do with all of our clients when they go through the initial financial planning process with us is we create what I call a grab-and-go binder. And that binder can be electronic or it can be a hard copy binder. But what you brought up is so important is making sure all of the contact information of each professional that you're working with is readily available to your loved ones. We don't often want to give them, our loved ones, a copy of our bank statements and our financial passwords and all of that stuff ahead of time because most of us want to maintain some level of independence and privacy during our life. But it's really important that if something happens to you, that your loved one knows who your financial planner is, knows who your attorney is, and knows who your property and casualty insurance provider is or any of those things because they don't need to necessarily be in the know of every single thing in detail around your financial plan, but they absolutely need to know who to call if something happens to you. One of the billboards that we created together 
was, is your advisor referable? Is your attorney referable? And that's another legacy. Your children are going to automatically assume that whoever your your broker, your advisor, your attorney, your accountant is the best there could be. And I think you had said if they're not, if you wouldn't refer it to your best friend, then you really should start looking for someone else. Yeah, that that's <laughs> that, that's absolutely true. And you know, that's one of the reasons why we offer for our clients to meet with their adult children. Because we want to make sure that what they have worked so hard to create doesn't fall apart after they're gone. And so we always ask our clients to bring their adult children in to invite them to events, you know, and our willingness to sit down with those um, next, second, or third generations to help make sure that they're organized as well and that if they have to step in and help their parent or their loved one, that they know um, already who the quality partners are. And many times I've always thought with your partners that if you trust them, I'll trust them. Right. Because I know that you will vet them out and that you're not going to work with somebody you're uncomfortable with. So for the, the parents and the grandparents out there who are listening today, I would encourage you to uh, have your partners meet with your adult children. And for all the adult children out there, one of the things that I think is so important is knowing who your parents, uh, you know, business partners are. Do you know their financial advisor? If not, I think it's really a great call to make. Let's take a quick break. And when we come back, let's look at some more um, things that help people to have a better understanding of their own investment portfolio, some of the ways that we really hope to have clarity for our clients and our listeners, of course. With that, we'll be right back. Money Sense, I'm Karen Ellen Becker, founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellen Becker Investment Group. And if you are enjoying the show today and would certainly like to share it with someone, please just go to our website, ellenbecker.com, radio slash radio, and you will be able to listen to not only today's show, but other shows that might be of interest to you. My guest today is my daughter, Julie Ellen Becker, and she is the president of the Ellen Becker Investment Group. And I always feel so blessed that she is the president and that we work so closely together and that we have really taken uh, time to look at our values and to share them with our employees and to grow a company that we really believe um, changes the um, the way the industry is looked at. We've wanted it to always be something that we really had a positive effect on uh, with the radio show, with our listeners, and also with our employees and with our clients. And as we look at talking about legacies, one of the other legacies that is really important is looking at your investment portfolio and how does it grow and how do you feel about it and teaching children and to understand investments. One of the most difficult things for me has always been is when a client does pass a legacy of financial um, net worth and the children either sit back and say, I, I don't want to touch it because dad and mom work so hard or they go out there and they blow it. And um, so it's, it's how 
to get parents to first you can't teach something you don't know and so we really do want our clients to come in we want our clients to understand their portfolios and we want them to pass that legacy on to their children it's a it's a different type of appreciation it's a different type of conversation and I know it sounds crazy but so often kids are blindsided by a net worth that their parents have and and they they don't understand it and we really don't want that to happen Oh, and I, you know, I hear all the time people saying that when they've inherited money, it was almost worse than before they had inherited money because they all of a sudden had this responsibility that they didn't know what to do um, with. And so we really coach our clients, and I think it's important for everybody who is going to pass on any financial um, value to the next generation that they coach their kids or their grandkids or their nieces and nephews to really understand what this money means. Now, it's, of course, have to be age appropriate. And so if you're talking with, you know, the young kids, you know, five, six, seven, seventh grade, elementary school, you know, we're not going to talk to them necessarily about the dollars and cents that are going to at some point be passed down. And, you know, I know you've done this with your grandchildren because your grandchildren range in age from 6 to 23. And so they're all at different spots. But yet it's been important to talk to them about what this money means and to start when they're young because they're going to someday have assets that they did not earn themselves. And I know I have teenagers at home, and most of you who have have teenagers or have raised teenagers know that they'll spend your money much more quickly than they'll (laughs) spend their own. They'll also take care of things better that they purchase with their own money. So what all of us who have worked hard for our money and at some point are going to pass it down, we want to make sure that they're going to have the same level of respect and understanding around our finances as hopefully they have for their own. So starting young, starting to talk about money, you know, we've got an author who writes in our newsletter quite often about uh, how to talk to kids about money. If you're interested in reading our newsletter, you can find that also at ellenbecker.com. And usually there is a segment in there that talks about kids and money and how important it is to teach them about financial planning at a pretty early age because it's at the young age they can still learn about money they can learn about how much to spend on birthday gifts for their friends they can learn about how to uh, wisely purchase school supplies even at a young age you can start to teach them those financial habits that are going to have a positive impact on them down the road whether they're managing their own money or they're managing an inheritance and then as they get older getting them more involved in what really matters to you again I'll, I'll go back to the family meetings we talked about at our first segment you can bring your children or your grandchildren to these meetings and just have a conversation with your advisor ahead of time on what topics you want to approach uh, what topics you don't want to talk about it's really important to help your um, beneficiaries learn about managing money do you want them to inherit money and go buy a fancy car or do you want them to change their lifestyle because of money that they inherited uh, maybe you do and if you do tell them because many times I have clients who will come in here after inheriting money from a parent or grandparent and they don't want to spend it because they're so afraid of spending the money that they know their parents worked so hard to earn. You know, inheriting money 
we all hear the horror stories, but there's also stories that are that where clients don't spend anything because they're too afraid or they don't want to sell stocks that their parents bought. Um, and so sometimes they make decisions. Or a that, cottage. Or a cottage, exactly. Sometimes family, a family um, cottage. It's very difficult to make those decisions if they haven't been given permission. Right. And so many times people will hold on to whether it's a cottage or a stock because they think that's what their mom or dad would have wanted. And so even if you're sitting back listening today saying, I know my kids are responsible, they're going to make really good decisions around money, I'm not worried about them blowing it or making bad choices, um, there's still a very, very good purpose in talking with them about money. Because, Karen, you wrote in our newsletter just the, the second quarter of 2019 an article on second homes. And we've had many, many articles over the years written on, you know, how to pass down some of those important legacies, like that one stock of that one company <laughs> that Grandpa worked for for 40 years, um, or the or the family cottage, or the or the condo in Florida, or whatever it is. Having those conversations, you know, well, I have many clients who have you know a a, a fleet of antique cars. Or something like that, and they don't know if their children or grandchildren will want them and how to handle those situations. It's really important to start with a conversation. Do you know, Julie, one of the things, and ending on that idea of a conversation and our billboards that say, before we invest, before we advise, we listen. And I think that has been um, something that has really worked very well for us because often you have to really build that trust before a client is willing to share with you maybe that they have one of their children that isn't really responsible with money or a, a child who has had some difficulties with addictions. And it's really being able to create the relationship with that person so that they feel a sense of trust and safety in sharing. Everybody has things that are in families, and it's almost a rare occasion that everybody is exactly the same. But it takes it takes a, a great amount of, of trust for people to be willing to share that. For sure. Well, when we're on this radio show, all we're doing is talking. Um, so it's important, to, you know, of course, when we're with our clients that we do more listening yes. and really understanding what is important to our clients. And many times uh, I will ask friends or family or even clients when they come in for a meeting questions about their legacy or their parents' legacy. And it's hard to know how to start the conversation. And so that is probably if as we're, you know, continuing this, this radio show today and hopefully leaving our clients with something that they can use when they go back home is start that conversation. Ask a question. You know, if you have a cottage or a, or a condo somewhere or a second home up north, you know, ask your kids, do you, do you like it? Do you think you would want this? And maintain it. Do, would you want to maintain it? Do you want to own it with your brothers and sisters? Do you think your sister would want to own it? If you have recipes, ask your kids, do you think you'd want me to write this down? Do you, do you know, if you would have asked me a couple weeks ago if I knew how to make your strawberry jello, I probably would have thought, yes, I do. And then I made it, and it was nothing like your strawberry jello, and the grandkids didn't even hardly want to eat it. And so now I need to get you to write that down. <laughs> but it's, again, just starting the conversation. And, and the best way to do it is to be curious. If you go into a family meeting with an agenda and you go in and you have a certain amount of things you want to say, 
Um, those meetings don't tend to go nearly as well as the ones where you just get curious. You know, if, if, if you would sit down and ask your kids, would you like me to try to find a way to keep the, the cottage in the family? Or would you, would you like me to um, sell it before I die? Uh, you know, all of those questions of just getting curious. Is there a piece of jewelry of mine that means a lot to you? One of the hardest things after somebody passes away is going through their things. You don't want to throw something away that might have or give something away that might have been important to your parent, but yet it might not be something that you want either. Or maybe there's a certain painting on the wall that you want and your sibling wants. Dealing with those types of things uh, while you're alive and can address them is really, really far better than waiting until you're gone. And, and many clients will just say, I don't care, I'll be dead. But I know that for most of us, that's not really true. We want to be able to leave a legacy. We want to be able to have our families maintain their solid relationships after we're gone. And so often, some of the smallest things can be disruptive in, after someone has passed away. And having those conversations just makes a complete difference. Absolutely. It really does. And it usually starts with a question. You know, if you asked me if, uh, if you know, your china set that you have, if it's something that would be very, very valuable to me, I, I would probably at that point say, you know, I don't, I don't think I'm going to ever use your china, Mom. And you might say, boy, I've been hanging on to you for all these <laughs> years because I thought you would want it. And, and it would alleviate the pressure of, of what to do with that after we're gone. Now, there may be something else that's really valuable. There are pieces of art that I know you own that I love, that speak to me, that I would love to be able to have as a reminder of you after you're gone. But, you know, there's all of those things without having the conversation, without asking the questions, without um, giving your family permission to share what really matters to them, without any of that, it, you're really leaving a big gap. You know, so many people talk about their finances and they know that their beneficiaries are coordinated correctly or they know how much money they have and how that's going to pass. But that's not what pe most people care about after the loss of a loved one. Let's take a quick break. My guest today is Julie Ellenbecker, my daughter, and she is the president of the Ellenbecker Investment Group, and we'll be right back. Welcome to Money Sense. I'm Karen Ellenbecker, founder and senior wealth advisor for the Ellenbecker Investment Group. My guest today is one of my very favorite people. It's my daughter, Julie Ellenbecker, and she is the president of the Ellenbecker Investment Group. And we have really worked together um, to create a plan for our clients to um, understand if something happens, what would be the next steps. And you know, when you talk about planning, it, I always like to look at it and say, what if something happened tomorrow? Because that's all you can really plan for. And you can always keep changing it and, and modifying it as, as your life goes on and as your children age, as you have grandchildren. And so when we talk about, Julie, um, this whole planning process, um, there's two things that come to mind. It was what kept us up. Yeah. <laughs> at night, thinking about it and how could we create something so that we weren't up worrying about it. And then also, what does it actually look like for somebody that's out there and says, boy, they've brought up all kinds of really great ideas. How would I even get started? Because 
it's almost like a closet. You know that you need to clean that closet, but you can't clean it until you take everything out and you put it back in. And that can be a little bit overwhelming, and that could keep you up at night worrying about it. And we don't want people to worry about things. We want to put things out here that help people to take that first action step and make this happen. Yeah, a closet is a good analogy because it feels like there's it's so much work and where do you start? And I guess when I talk about uh, how to prepare yourself for anything that might come down the road, it is just to get your financial plan in order. Now, many times people think we're talking just about investments. And so they maybe like to do investing themselves or they have somebody who does their investments. Uh, and so they sort of tune out at that point. But the real goal is financial planning is not just investments. Investments are certainly a component of it, but it incorporates things like your estate plan. You know, are your documents in order? If you pass away or if you become incapacitated, is everything buttoned up? Are all your beneficiaries aligned? Do your kids know and your whoever's going to step in knows how to do how to execute your goals? Um, so it's estate planning. It's also tax planning. We talk a lot about taxes and how important it is to not only understand what you're paying, but to work throughout the year to identify if there's ways to be more efficient with taxes. It takes into consideration education planning or, you know, for children or grandchildren or legacy planning, health care. You know, that's something that really keeps people up at night. You know, what happens if I can't take care of myself? Can I afford to bring somebody into the house? Can I afford to relocate to a new facility or to a, you know, a, a housing environment where I can get the care that I need? All of those things, insurance, property and casualty insurance, long-term care insurance, disability insurance, uh, you know, there are so many different components of the financial plan that are really important that if you're feeling overwhelmed and you don't know where to start, the best advice I could give you is to talk to an advisor. Call somebody at Ellen Becker Investment Group and and go through the financial planning process. It doesn't mean that you have to change your investments. It doesn't mean that, you know, somebody's going to step in and all of a sudden make a lot of changes with your plan. It's hiring a financial advisor, somebody who's going to help you identify all of the things that keep you up at night and then come up with ways to mitigate those risks or concerns so that you can focus on what really matters, which is the passing of the strawberry jello recipe. <laughs> you know, what I find is when people get all of their affairs in order, they can focus on what really matters. We've done shows in the past where we've talked about planning your own funeral and planning your end of life. And the real purpose of that is so that when the time comes, your kids or grandkids or the, your people who are important to you can enjoy reminiscing, can enjoy putting together picture boards and looking at pictures. They're not worried about, um, you know, where to go or how to do it or what your what the important goals are for you from an end-of-life perspective. They get to focus on what really matters, the stuff that they care about. And, and I like to encourage all of our listeners to get their affairs in order, whether you're 20 years old and you need your powers of attorney for health care and finance, um, or you're 80 or 90 years old and you want to make sure that after you're gone, everything is handled really easily. And then everybody in between, it will not hurt you. I've never heard anybody say, darn it, I wish I would have been less organized. 
when this emergency happened. Everybody that has ever put the effort in during the sunny sky times, like hopefully, presumably now, you know, put the effort in so that when the storms come, you're already organized and you don't have to worry about some of those other details. That would be my really big encouragement for our listeners. And you're right. It does feel like a closet that you've got to take everything out of. I, I just redid my Tupperware cabinet, organized <laughs> it, and, and it was a way bigger job than you would think. All I needed to do was find lids for containers, but it took me probably two hours because I had to pull everything out, and it is a big job. But it once it's done, it feels really good, and you don't need to revisit that plan again unless something fundamentally changes with you. And when it does change, you can change with it. As long That's as you are alive, you yes. can change your plan. And so you said something earlier about what would you do if, if something happened to you today that's the way we approach financial planning. I would ask a client, you know, if you died tomorrow, how do you want your assets to pass? Or who do you want to be in charge? I hear so many people come into meetings and I say, who do you want to be your power of attorney for health care and finance? And they say, well, you know, my mom is my mom is much older than me, so I can't put her down. Or, or boy, my, my older brother is so much older than me. And I stop right there and I say, if something happened to you tomorrow, what would you want to have happen? Who would you want to be in charge? Because if something happened to me tomorrow, although you as my mother are many years older than me, I would want you to step in and handle some of the affairs. Well, if something happens to me 30 years down the road, that probably will be different. My kids will be older, and I'll have different people to step in. So, you know, we don't want to think 30 or 20 or even five years down the road. Let's focus on today. Let us as advisors meet you where you are, and let us help you kind of create that financial plan so that you can sleep at night. And to come up with uh, different ideas and suggestions that they may not even know are out there, and they get to choose the one that resonates with them the best. Because if you have an idea, um, generally we can create something around that to meet what you want to happen. Yeah, I have never yet been in a meeting where a client has wanted something to happen and we haven't been able to make it work. Um, you know, sometimes people will say, well, I want this child to be treated this way and this child to be treated that way. And I also have these nieces and nephews who are really important to me and some charity. And, you know, we can create a plan that works for all of your beneficiaries. You, same thing with investments and insurance and a charitable giving plan. All of that, as long as we can identify what's really important to you, we can help you create that plan. And I think that's the thing to remember, you know, but it's hard when you're doing it by yourself because you don't even know what you don't know. And so it's really worth the time and the cost to get this all organized. I think a lot of people get stuck with the hurdle of it's such a vast project or I don't know where all that is or everything's in my head. And I think that one of the benefits of working with an advisor, working with Ellen Becker Investment Group for sure, is that we simplify it. We help people to break it into pieces and to take steps towards getting a complete plan. It just doesn't happen overnight. Correct. And, and we walk with you. I mean, that's the idea. When a client comes in for their first complimentary consultation, usually lasts about an hour, or an hour and a half. And that is just a discovery meeting. That's where we find out where are you on this journey? Are you a beginner? 
Are you in, in the intermediate phase? Um, have you been doing it a long time but still feel like a beginner? Or are you an expert? And then we craft a plan that works for you. We hold your hand through that journey. And all of us, you know, we maintain agendas. We schedule appointments. We organize it because we don't want to start something and not finish it. And so if you're somebody that needs, you know, a little bit of help through that process, I think it's the first step would just be to call Ellen Becker Investment Group, schedule an appointment with a financial advisor, and see if there's things that, that you know, require a little attention to help you get from where you are today to whatever your goal is down the road. So I guess the last thought that we could share with our listeners is that it's never too late to sit down and to look at your family plan. And we often look at, do you have an inheritance? What does that look like? Is it protected? We look at the inheritance that you might get. We look at end-of-life planning. We look at insurance. We look at taxes. Of course, we look at your investments. And we ask questions that maybe you hadn't even thought about. And how how to pass that complete legacy on of who you are. Yeah, it is definitely never too late. And I'll also say it's never too early to get started. Mm -hmm. Uh, So wherever you are in your journey, give us a call at Ellen Becker Investment Group and we'll help you get started. And again, really, it does not matter where you are. All it takes is just the first phone call, and we'll help you get on track. And that number is 262-691-3200, or you can go to our webpage, ellenbecker.com. All the information is there. You can get to know us a little bit better. And, Julie, thank you once again um, for being a guest today. And as always, I hope that I've made a difference in your personal and your financial well-being. Remember, before we plan before we advise, before we invest, we always listen. Have a great weekend. Bye-bye.